0: What'd you get your mom for Mother's Day? This is your reminder, today's Mother's Day. <laughs> right? So if you didn't get her anything, now's the time to go not now, after Mass is the time to go and, and get her something. But I also have some advice on what to get her. I mean, stuff is great. I'm sure she's like, had some things on her list, and she'll be very happy with whatever it is that you get her. But what she wants more than that is love. Right? It is for you to love not only in words, for you to love her not only in the gesture of giving her a gift. right? That's a beautiful thing. That's, that's us trying to uh, show our love in a material way. That's all great. But ultimately, a mother's heart, like every other heart, desires real love. That, that, that it be reciprocal. The love that she has shown you over the years, that you show it back. That you say, I appreciate so much what you have done for me. I, I, I acknowledge the love that was behind so much of the stuff that maybe even as a teenager I rolled my eyes at. And I want to give you back that love. That as you took care of me, I want in whatever way I can to take care of you. And there, in that dynamic that we have, that every Mother's Day we think of how tender the love of a mother might be. We also can think of how every love is a reflection of the God who is love. Right? That He is the one that perfects where our love was always imperfect. Because we might have had a great relationship with mom or we might have had a pretty tense one. We might have experienced such a tender and wonderful love from our mother. Or we might have just longed for that kind of love and never received it. But what's beautiful is that in God, we have the perfection of every love we could ever imagine. That God has a a much more nurturing love than even the greatest mother ever could. He has a much uh, stronger love than any father ever could have for us. He has all of that love that we've ever desired, and He pours it out upon us. And so today, as we thank God for mothers, as we pray for our mothers as we hopefully show our love to our mothers, we also go to the God who is love and we say, Lord, I want to reflect a bit on your love for me. I I, I also want to learn how to love you back better. Because there's something incredible that that, that happened that we read about in our, our readings. God created all out of nothing. Out of nothing, he created everything that is, and his sole motivation for it was love for you. He had no need for a physical creation, right? He was perfectly content, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a perfect communion of love. If anything, creation would complicate matters. And yet he said, I'm willing to make things complicated because I want you to exist. Yes, you specifically, I want to exist. And then he guided this creation in this most marvelous way. He, uh, even when humanity turned from him, he relentlessly pursued creation, or he relentlessly pursued the men and women that he created in his own image and likeness, and he did it all for you. First, we read that he had this long, generations-long relationship with the Jewish people where he was progressively revealing himself so that they could know him as he is. And then in the fullness of time, he came, human, onto the scene in Jesus Christ. And it was all for you. It was all for you to be able to know who God is, in whose image you've been created, and the destiny to which he calls you. Then from the Jewish people, it expanded to all the nations. And that's what we read about in that first reading. That that when some of the Jewish people had rejected the message, though many others had accepted it, Paul and Barnabas realized, okay, we're going to spread this not just to the Jewish people, but to all people. And that's how it finally reached us. 2,000 years later, in one way or another, we got to experience God himself in Jesus Christ. Then in the second reading, we have how this message that spread out to all the world is consummated in heavenly glory. And we have this vision of the heavenly reality where we get to see God adored by the angels and the saints by the great army of martyrs who have won the great victory and we realize that every mass we participate in that same adoration we read those consoling words of jesus that he says that i have you in my hand and no one shall take you from me we we see that this love that has been made universal that has been broad enough to accept any and all who come to him Every corner of the globe globe, the Lord uh, has in his hand, and yet he's thinking of you specifically. He has you and all your troubles, all your difficulties in his hand. And even that's not enough for the love of Jesus. He wanted to go further. And so he even allows himself to be made flesh in these unworthy hands at this altar. So not only does he hold you in his hand, but he says, you know what, I'm willing to humble myself to the point of being able to be held in sinful human hands, to be received by you, little old you. With all your problems, with all your imperfections, he wants to be not only the one holding you in existence, but the one that you can receive in your very mouth. That you can encapsulate all of heaven in your little soul. Because God loves you so much. That is the extent of God's love for us. That he just kept going and going and going. That he was never content with just loving us from a distance, but wants to love us up close. And when we reflect on a mother's love today, on Mother's Day, we think, oh, a mother's love is glorious. But God's love is even more perfect. That that just as mom wants us to be close, right, more than she wants stuff, she wants our presence. Well, that's the same with God. He he wants us to be close to Him. And so He goes to any and every length to be close to us, even becoming our very food. But unfortunately, I have some sad news to report as well. Because as happy as it makes us that God loves us so much to humble Himself to come under the form of bread and wine, to, to be truly present in that little host it should cause us to shed tears that over the last two weeks there have been three different instances where a host was found somewhere in the church. That Our, our, our Lord, right, who, who loves us so much that, that he comes in person to be with us and we just despise the gift. We just kind of let it be thrown to the ground. And so I invite you To reflect on God's great love that he has for us. And to recommit yourself to be able to receive with reverence. To to make reparation for those people who just take the host and don't even care. Who, who, Who might not watch their children as they receive when they have no idea what they're doing. Maybe they haven't had their first Holy Communion, but the people are just here and they say, Yeah, whatever, take the thing. And then our Lord, who loved us so much, is neglected, thrown to the ground crushed up. I invite you to please, as the angels and saints adored the Lamb of God in heaven, that you adore him during communion time here. That when you receive, receive right there. Don't leave with the host. I get it. We confused you over the last two years. Our communion policies, just church-wide, have been terrible of telling you, yeah, take the host ten steps that way, that way. We don't have to do that anymore. When you receive, receive right here so that we can ensure as much as possible that the Lord is never neglected, that that host is never found elsewhere other than dwelling within your body and your soul. If you see someone walking off with the host, know that that happening is actually worse than if they took all the gold in this place and and took it and sold it and pawned it off. If they burned the church to the ground, that would not be as bad of a thing as for the sacred host to be disrespected. And so please be vigilant with that. If you are bringing a guest, thanks be to God, it's so good to have people here, but let them know ahead of time. The communion is for those who have made their first Holy Communion, for those who understand that this is Jesus himself. That if they have not made that first Holy Communion, if they are not Catholic, if they don't share that belief, then they shouldn't be receiving. They can come up, they can receive a blessing, they can remain in their pews, they can pray from there. But I can't say that individually to each person at each mass, but you can. If you see that someone clearly doesn't know what's going on, you don't have to shame them. Please don't shame them. You don't have to be mean, but you can say, you can ask them, I'm sorry, have you received before? Are you a Catholic? Do you understand what's going on here? Can I help you? If you see that someone's walking off with the host, you can stop them. You can say, excuse me, sir, uh, ma'am, we we consume the host right after we receive it right here i don't know if if you do that at your parish but but here you have to receive it right away so i can't stress that point enough that god's love for us is so extraordinary that even the greatest human love that we've ever experienced maybe that of our mothers pales in comparison to the love god has for us and i call for us as a community to love him back just as the greatest gift we can give our mothers is to love them to say as you took care of me i want to take care of you so the greatest way that we can love jesus is to say as you have taken care of me as you hold me in the palm of your hand i want to take care of you i want to make sure that you are never disrespected you who love me so much that you are willing to fit in the palm of my hand as well when i receive you i will do so with devotion and i will be vigilant then never will your presence be despised in such a way that I can allow for it that someone takes you away from this sanctuary, does not consume that, that sacred presence of you and the host, and instead just throws it to the side. Kind of heavy, a heavy homily, but it ends on the good note that Jesus, right, three times in that Stations of the Cross we have there, he fell. And it should hurt us just as much that he, that he falls in his sacred host ever. But even after that, he rose. <laughs> right? And so this isn't because God is necessarily hurt by the fact that, that, that we might neglect his presence. It's that it hurts us to realize that we've failed in love in these different ways. So the beautiful thing about those who have failed in love is that God's grace can make us victorious in love. Right, that, that from this day forward, we can actually be a community that, that loves him more than any other community ever has. That we can be extra vigilant and extra reverent when we come to receive the, Holy, uh, the, the sacred host. That when you receive today, you can have such an act of love in your heart that it can make all of heaven rejoice because this one soul loves Jesus so much. And so we receive with that kind of a reverence. We thank God for the love that he has for us and we recommit ourselves to have an ever greater love for him as well.